Welcome to PhD with Women on It, Hack the Future. My name is Beata Young and today's PhD Positivity Hacks Delivered will be by our guest Rahmat Lassisi. Topic Future Focus Exploring Nigeria's Thriving Tech Ecosystem. Episode 126 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on women on IT, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hustle because empathy is my motto. And empathy is critical when you are exploring Nigeria's thriving tech ecosystem. Before we go into our conversation, let me mention some people and great achievements of females in technology. Tarika Wheeler joined Program Management Executive at Black Women in Project Man Management Virtual Conference this coming January 24th, as she shares her insights, experiences, and strategies on how to strategically prepare for an interview, no matter the role. Good luck, Tareka. Congratulations to Johan Anderson, the Cloud and DevOps Engineer, for winning the Developer of the Year Award at the Nordic Women in Tech Award on November 9th, 2023, and explore her latest book, learning Microsoft Azure Cloud Computing and Development Fundamentals for more insights into coding and technology. Hug the future, Yona. And finally, kudos to Rahmat Lassisi, today's PhD guest and Chief Technology Officer for an amazing final quarter at the Brain Branded in 2023 as they explored machine learning with Google's Teachable Machine and introduced our kids to Python programming. Well done, Rahmat. Now let's go back to our topic, future focus, exploring Nigeria's thriving tech ecosystem. Nigeria, known as a giant of Africa, is a magnetic force for tech organizations and startups aiming for expansion. From fintech to AI, Nigeria is witnessing a tech renaissance that is reshaping its future. For Positivity Hacks Delivered, episode 126, we are joined by a passionate software developer who is making a mark on the tech landscape, Rahmat Lassisi. She is a Google, Google Woman Tech Makers ambassador and founder of Prompt, a dynamic hub for software developers, product managers, and cybersecurity experts. Finally, recently, she joined uh, Apollo Global, Sorry, that's the last latest achievement in her CV. She joined Apollo as a chief of staff officer. Join us for conversation, ask questions, say hello, because it always helps women in tech, entrepreneurs, startups, and Nigeria as we are speaking. So Rahmat, where in the world are you calling us from today? Thank you so much, Beata. 
I'm calling from Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> and I'm so yes. excited here it is exciting indeed i'm so happy because uh, it was woman tech makers google uh, initiative that joined us together and i'm so thrilled for our conversation today especially given the fact that i've been working with startups since 2013 when i co-founded um, mission to run startups activities and uh, we are still looking into expansion in our activities and I've been running mentorship programs and I've been mentor myself. So it's always so thrilling to hear about another awesome woman who is working in the field. So what attracted you to startups? Wow, it's all about what I, basically what attracts me to startup is, is the ability to keep doing things is the ability to to take ownership is the ability to believe in your idea and you just won't catch any until you launch it so being resilient having that natural ability to keep to take ownership and launch an innovation is what has actually attracted me to start there you go that's uh, Rahmat in a nutshell and we have got Olga who's also passionate and uh, definitely we can see her comment yay great to see you back Beata looking forward to some great startup chat Rahmat there we go lovely to see you Olga and we are we need to mention the fact that there are not only great startups but also great female leaders who should this world look at as a next big uh, woman in tech from Nigeria? <laughs> or women, as the case might be, apart from you, Rahmat. Yeah, great. Um, you know, in Nigeria, we have quite a number of female uh, tech leaders that are making waves, right? And they have been able to occupy different categories in technology, ranging from fintech to health tech to agribusiness, climate and change, you know, name it. And they are taking ownership. They are turning out products. They are smashing goals. They are making amazing remarks. So, I mean, female are really trending. And it's not just in technology, but they've, they've taken ownership. You would be amazed at... Um, what they do in the fintech space, which I was once there before moving into an innovation enabling environment. And we were able to do, you know, build wealth, sort of build a platform that that allows women, right, to, to build wealth, right, to, mm -hmm. to, to have the culture of saving, to have the culture of being future conscious, to, to take ownership of their finances. So yeah, women are doing amazing in Nigeria. Any particular person to mention? Okay, so I would just straight straight mention um, Ifedro Simieti. I worked with her for about um, for almost two years, and then we, we we built an amazing product called Economy App, and it's a fintech app. It basically allows women to save. You what you just need is just to create an account, have your credit card attached to your profile, and then you set up your frequency of saving. And then voila, your wealth just keep accumulating. Whatever frequency you intend to set, you set it, 
um, let's say in our denomination, it'd be 500 naira, 1,000 naira, if it is daily, if it is weekly or monthly, whatever you intend to set. You will be amazed that in a month, you set 1,000 At the end of the month, I have 30,000 naira. I can then withdraw that, use it for a purpose, you know, whatever. So it gives me financial freedom, right? And then we encourage women to build their own wealth. Look at that solution. That's amazing. So I'll just make reference of the very closest one that I was part of. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm sure we can uh, touch upon more during our discussion if you know of a great female leader, not necessarily from Nigeria. You can always mention uh, her on the chat. Uh, just hit that chat button, start chatting to us, make a like, make a love, and the more comments we get, the more access to those underserved, those who are minorities, um, they will get their seat at the table. So speaking about the seat at the table, I mean, we uh, keep talking, and this theme is quite apparent, whether it's um, speaking to women from US, Europe, we had some people from New Zealand appearing on the show, they always talk about one issue, which is there is not enough females at the decision-making level at the table. So what's it like in Nigeria? Is it completely different? Is there patriarchate, matriarchate? What's the structure? You see, it's, it's like that everywhere, really. And then it's often sad. But you realize that one of... Um, the coping mechanism is now, companies are now intentional about having at least one female in the C-suits, right? So, because it's, it is even to their own disadvantage if there is no female in the board or at the top level of the management team in an organization. So, um, I think gradually with the intention, right, to have, you know, Oftentimes, we've been having conversation about, you know, having a female being included, you know, inclusive and all of that. So with that conversation is really taking dynamic. It's making, they, they are now listening, right? Um, there are some changes that I personally can feel, right? And I can tell you that it's, it's the same everywhere. But with the conscious efforts, with the fact that uh, um, companies are now being intentional, the conversation is changing gradually. So oftentimes you see female leading a bank, being um, a MD of a bank, um, being um, in the board, leading the board. You know, it, it, the conversation is now changing gradually and it's beginning to and you also mentioned uh, before we went live, you mentioned uh, various initiatives for female-led businesses, whether they want to start their business idea uh, in Nigeria or whether they want to be part of a startup. Can you tell us about these initiatives? Okay, fantastic. Um, looking at business categories, especially in the tech space, um, we have um, the, the fintech, that's that's a very um, one of the most trending, you know, industry. But before I go into various, I mean, various business categories, I can quickly mention what the government is also doing. Um, we have um, the Minister of Communications, Innovation, and Digital Economy, 
as um, you know, is very intentional about changing the narrative of technology in Nigeria. So they, with, with the government having this amazing inter intervention, they have been able to launch some programs that are really um, um, impactful. For instance, uh, one of the, 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 the plan is to train um, 3 million people in tech skills over the next four years. And then that program is called uh, Title Free Entity. With that initiative, for instance, it's, it's, it's asked like a two subcategories. It attracted trainers and also the trainees. So look at that initiative. So it enables individuals to enroll. It also enables trainers, um, companies, or um, tech companies who are offering, who, are, who have capacity building as a services to enroll, and then they are partnering with the government. That's a very laudable um, um, initiative that the government has, in, I mean, uh, launched in the in this um, administration. So that is really helping and it's changing the narrative. Then, aside from this, this initiative, there are quite a number of um, business categories that are really making waves, right? One is the fintech space, um, and that is, just like I mentioned earlier, the most popular space where you, you get to find you know, quite a number of businesses. Could it be loan? It could be what, the, what I made reference where I had my last experience. It could be um, um, working with the bank as well. We have unicorns that have been able to emerge from the fintech space. So I can go on and on talk about the agribusiness. I can talk about the LTech as well. We have quite a number of females that are leading this space as well. So yeah, these are the initiatives and these are some of uh, um, areas and categories that uh, tech businesses are really loud about. What are the unicorns in Nigeria? Sorry, I was muted. Okay, yeah, I was going to say that. I didn't get that. Okay, the unicorns in Nigeria, well, there are more. So we have um, Pesta, we have, which are in the fintech space, we have um, OK, we have um, Money Points, right? And um, yeah, these are, these are companies that have really um, uh, been at the top. Flutterwave is another. Jumia in the e-commerce space is among those who have, you know, emerged as unicorns in Nigeria. And they are all in Lagos. <laughs> they have their offices in Lagos as well. Excellent. So Lagos is definitely leading the change. Um, now, when it comes to uh, setting up a business as an expat, how easy it is or difficult? Okay. Hmm. Setting up a business as an expert, it involves a lot of um, um, experience, right? It involves um, a lot of um, um, being intentional. It involves skills. And it also involves being in, you know, um, certain accelerator programs, just like where I am right now, Apollo Innovation has built sort of an incubator system that enables, you know, if you're trying to start up a business, you could have um, a shoulder to rest on, so to speak, because it's, it's, it's an innovation enabler. It provides an environment for you to be able to learn from other people's experience. It's not, easy, it's not all about the experience that you have. It's, it's always best to leverage on, you know, mentors, um, um, other expertise so you can learn from you know that have won similar businesses so it's it's cut across all of that so it, it, for instance of what of does is that 
you know it's it's um it's it provides um um an environment right that would nurture you and then you can become a unicorn you can become you can be seen and be perceived as a global innovator you know uh, yeah so pretty much this is what it takes it takes you also to uh, participate in quite a number of accelerator programs right just like what we run and then quite a number of and then and then have a mentor that guides you and then have the the, the, the skills they know how they know your numbers try to project so that way with all of this practice and more will enable you to launch you know um, a smart business a business that is destined for success it's destined for success not just uh, because of the scale it's a uh, it's a giant of africa with uh, nigeria's population surpasses 200 million um but also i think there is uh, there is very interesting demographics so uh, apart from uh, population we've got youth dominance we've got digital natives apparently um uh, Nigerians, mainly in this demo demographic, are digitally native, but also majority of people have access to the internet via their mobile devices. So would you have a startup who is active in mobile app development? Excellent. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at the demography of uh, Nigeria um, and then Aside from the fact that you know, with the 200 million people in Nigeria, we have different states. And for instance, in Lagos, where I reside, it's is the center of excellence. It is where you will see, get to see. It's basically I can say it's actually saturated with a lot of um, startups, tech startups. You know, launching different ideas, um, turning out um, different innovation. You know, of course, I just mentioned that unicorns are also residing here in Lagos. So with the population it's actually an advantage when 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 you launch any technical business any business that is in the tech space be it fintech and as long as you are solving a viable problem a, a unique problem right and you as a business you are also able to to launch an mvp so speaking of my recent uh, experience in the fintech space what we did basically was to launch an app launch an app when you launch an app it's and then it's more like an mvp it's it enables the intending user the target audience whom you are looking at getting to start using this app are able to come on board are able to download the app are able to sign up and you realize that you you can get feedback you know go back to the engineering turn things around again you know um fixes and all of that and then you 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 launch the updates again so the, the, the population is a major advantage. So it enabled us in, in Nigeria, especially we in Lagos, to launch a solution. And then you already have users that are waiting, that are ready to start using your application because there are quite a number of challenges to solve. Challenges in, the, in, in, in finances, challenges in education. You know, oftentimes, I will just quickly mention this. Oftentimes you have talent here. And you realize that um, placement or having to work in a particular place where you dream of might be, you know, might be a tall order in terms of search and all that. 
But if you if you if you have been nurtured, you know, by my organization for reason or color, we'll be able to find to you, improve your soft skills, and then ship you to where you can really work, right? Where you would be able to um, unleash a lot of creativity within you. So um, I would just say that with the population of Nigerians, with the population, especially in Lagos, I think we have about 50 million people in Lagos. I'm not so sure about the statistics, but we leverage on that. And then when we solve problems, we know that there are users ready to start making use of this app, this innovation, this solution. And then you realize that you know, with, your, with your knowledge and numbers, you can turn out, you can respond to feedback, you know, re-engineer whatever needs to, uh, follow feedback, you know, and then you, you, you keep you keep the flow running. <laughs> you keep the flow running. However, the question is about the talent. You mentioned the talent and you mentioned the fact that government is going to invest into um, uh, technology uh, education. Uh, yeah. Is there a talent uh, pool available if you wanted to launch your startup and you are looking for developers in uh, Nigeria? Absolutely. Yeah. We, for instance, we have quite a number of businesses have databases of ready, refined talents that are you know, specific. For instance, in technology, you know, we have various tech stacks. I can be good with C sharp. Someone else will be good with front end. Someone else will be good with different, you know, all these text stamps. So we have talents that are available, that are, are fine tuned. Their soft skill is sharpened. Their tech skills is on point. Their uh, uh, portfolio is polished. That are available in Nigeria. We have quite a number of databases, and also at Opolo we have that as well. And then you you have uh, recruiters from outside Nigeria coming to look for talents right here. And um, mm. they, often, they often get to cut away with a lot of talent from Nigeria. So <laughs> we have a lot of talent right here. <laughs> Excellent. And there is going to be more nurturing of talent in Nigeria. So tune in into our um, live stream to learn more. Now, question from Olga Vasina. What is the seed funding outlook like in Nigeria? Seed funding. Okay. Thank you, Olga. So, uh, seed funding. It's um, we have okay. Let me start from looking at different organizations that um, turn out opportunities, right? There are investment companies, right? Uh, venture capital. Um, some are angel investors as well. They turn out opportunities, and it's often like um, you being a startup. There has to be a particular category. So oftentimes it could be in edtech, it could be in fintech. They want to hear from you. They want to, to you to pitch to them. They want you to have a pitch deck. You know, talk about your numbers. They want you to actually know what you're doing. So it could be that you virtually launch, and it could be at the very planning stage. So it depends. So seed funding with with when you are able to put yourself forward. And sometimes it comes like you know an, an application is a program if you want for a particular period. So um, if you put yourself forward, you know have your business entered into this application, for instance, and you are selected. So it's it's pretty much you pitching your idea, and then you are able to get the backing. And I can tell you, you are even at an advantage being a female, right, and then being an owner of a tech business. 
So they actually want to hear. But oftentimes you, you, you realize that um, quite a number of females are not in this space. But those of us that are there, yeah, we are milking it because they really want to hear from a female founder. And if, even if you are not the main founder, at least let it be that it's female partly owned. So because the, 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 the traction needs to change. The, the engagements also needs to be different. We want to hear more females. So as it is in Nigeria, it is all over the world as well that we don't have so much uh, female founders or female who um, are putting themselves forward. But with all of this information available, all of this opportunity available, um, it's, it's sometimes Google has even um, introduced a different uh, uh, seed funding application, basically to encourage females to apply, to put themselves forward. So in Nigeria, we have Black-owned um, um, investment companies, venture capital, angel investors, and they are doing fantastic when it comes to um, helping uh, female-owned tech businesses accelerate. We've got a follow-up uh, question from Olga. Thank you, Rahmat. So it is usual people go to accelerator and incubator root root in Nigeria, or do startups build in garages like in Silicon Valley classic stories? Good. Yeah. You see, we have both scenarios. We have hubs. We have hubs. We have hubs at different locations. Most of these hubs are privately owned. We also have hubs at Apollo. And there's a popular hub, the CC hub at Yaba in Lagos here. And has, we have a hub at different universities, um, Obafemi Awolo University, that's in Osho State. We also have a hub at Ikoi. So this hub is more like the garage that you, a, a typical example of the Silicon Valley, where you see various startups, right? They are able to, um, they can be in twos, they can be in one, and then they are nurturing, they are developing, they are, they are, they are they're working on their ideas. And with, with all of this, it's, it's actually an enabling environment. So easily, they can be seen. They can be you know, incubated. They can be picked because they have the investors. Of course, the hub has so many uh, activities. Investors are here. Um, um, it could be angel. It could be VC. They are there. And then there are days, just this is me speaking specifically of the one we have at Ikui. There are days where we have the Indian investors with us, right? And then you, 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 we get to listen to, um, it's a bit more like a pitch deck day or you know, a pitch day, a free pitching day. So you, you come, you pitch your idea, you show us a deck if you have an MVP, if you're still in the planning phase. And then right there, if your idea is worthwhile, voila, we invest. So it's so or the other way. It's it's really easy, Olga. You just uh, connect with Rahmat, and she's gonna guide you through. And also, if you want to want to read more, it's Apollo.global. Uh, we're gonna put it in the comment uh, section. You can follow up. Um, but stay with us. We've got more to come in our discussion. Patrick, IPO within Patrick's opinion is saying, great discussion. Clearly, a lot of emerging nations have been operating offshore development for overseas nations. Is this prevalent in the Nigeria tech scene, Rahmat? Okay. Um, yeah. Um, you see, okay, let me just speak from a scenario. Oftentimes, we realize that both of our talent here okay, are being shipped abroad. 
um, looking for greener pasture. And you realize that after some time, they make a U-turn, they come back. And they, 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 they've gotten the experience that they need over there. And when they are here, they tend to turn out you know, amazing solutions. So, so it's, it's, it's pretty much the, the same, right? Where um, the, the way it's happening over there, and it's also similar to what we get here. So it's, um, I hope I'm answering your question correctly. It's, it's in Nigeria, right? In Lagos precisely, you, you, you get to see that all of these talents, whatever is possible out there, it's absolutely easy to achieve here. Absolutely easy to achieve here. Okay. So, yeah. So pretty much that's. Well, well, I guess it's also uh, the human connection. They are lacking, they are uh, missing their families um, because I believe your culture is very uh, closed family bonding, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, right. give us give us more examples um, because, uh, you know, for example, in Poland, uh, during especially during uh, the Cold War, we had lots of people leaving Poland, but not many coming back because there is so many opportunities that are uh, so tempting that they didn't feel like coming back to their families in Poland. So I'm wondering, what's the dynamic uh, in your country? Okay. Um, in Nigeria, one of the, the, the challenge is the, the economy. And for me personally, it depends on how you look at things, right? Um, there are two sides to a coin, you know, the head or the, the tail. So I'm of the school of thoughts that says in every challenges, right? In every weakness, there's also an opportunity. So what the dynamic that I have experienced over time is when Nigerians, you know, move abroad to um, either explore or, you know, where their skills is more appreciated, right? Uh, where they are able to, you know, gain a global experience. Oftentimes, the, when they have all of this, they come back home and they come back and give back and they come back to reshape. So I can speak for a friend of mine who, who actually got a job and then you know, moved abroad, but still has something doing in Nigeria. So after he's gotten all of this experience, spent about uh, six years in abroad, of course he decided to like, okay, he said, Ramas, I mean, it's the same everywhere. I'm like, okay, so how is it like? Then he, he started, he, he came back here and then decided to you know, launch his startup. And you know, with, with the with the global experience he had, he's able to make it work. So that's one of the advantage. So it's 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 two ways. It depends on individual perspective. But for me, it's more like um, in every situation, in every um, maybe challenges. There's always an opportunity. So it's there now, is always opportunity but also you mentioned you're not sure what the lagos um demographics is the metro area population of lagos in 2022 was 15 million over 15 million um people with an increase of 3.54 previous year it was 
44%. So it's growing, it's fast, it's dynamic. But what about the uh, infrastructure? What about the fiber um, connectivity? Because we've heard, uh, we actually, uh, ourselves, uh, Rahmat, we had some problems, issues with uh, the internet connection. It's not quite stable. It wasn't quite stable yesterday, but I guess you closed all the background notifications now. Everything goes smoothly. So yeah. tell me, is is there, are there still some areas where network uh, is not penetrating Nigeria. So I would uh, focus on Lagos. And I would tell you that from the statistic that you read and from the way it was back in 2021, there's a whole lot of improvement. A whole, whole lot of improvement. And I will speak from where I am. Um, there, there are new innovation, new um, ways of ensuring that internet connectivity is stabilized. So right now we have 5G in Nigeria. I mean, it's the top of the town. And with my mobile phone, I can have 5G connectivity. So the, the, the narrative is changing gradually. It's becoming better. And particularly in Lagos, where I am, it's way better. Although there are other remote areas where um, the choice of connectivity could be a concern, but then it's quite better. And then just like yesterday experience, it's all about the pros and cons. So it's just me, if I can manage the situation, I open so many tabs on my computer. So if I close and each of these tabs consume amount of memory. So it could make the internet to drag. So if I could close all the other unnecessary tabs, I am I'm good to go. Just like I, we have now, we're having seamless conversation. So it's absolutely it's better. <laughs> Using 5G, um, it definitely helps with uh, without any lags. We are talking about startup scene, uh, startup ecosystem in Nigeria. And Olga says, so fabulous to hear. Thanks for the passionate answers, Rahmat, indeed. And she's adding, got it, Rahmat, is the epicentral woman for Nigerian startups. Hack the future. That's our tag for women on IT and for all the nation of Nigeria. I hope they are working assiduously on hacking the future. Now, next thing I wanted to ask you about the programs. You mentioned your company is privately owned and it has got some programs. Could you tell us what these programs are? Are, how can one apply and is it open for foreign uh, startups? I mean, for expats to uh, launch their startups in Nigeria? Absolutely. Okay, so um, I will start to talk about you know, various um, initiatives that we've launched at Opolo Global. We have Scribe. Um, I would want that um, you, you, you visit our website to actually learn more about also, I would make a reference of the website. First of all, the mission is basically to identify talents, you know, and identify ideas. We support, we accelerate the early stage, growth-driven startup, right? You know, we, we do that through either by infrastructural support, uh, by resources, uh, capacity building, maybe by training, by mentoring. Um, so oftentimes, it's just funding that this early stage or, or growth stage startup just need. We do that. And then 
even when you are not there, we package you and ensure that you are investor ready. You know, all of what you need to have so, so that you are investor ready, we make you there. And then we give advisory support. So among all of this, being our mission, we, we have some values. And within this, in all of these values that we have different programs, we have the scribe. Scribe, we have the digital um, industry innovation program. And then I will still give details about this. We have the build for trade program. And we have um, the innovation knowledge as well, innovation knowledge mission uh, program. So, but the most attractive one is that we have our OBS situated at, you know, quite a number of locations across Nigeria. We have four hubs, particularly in Oshun State, where we have this raw talent, where, you know, it's, it's easy to identify them in terms of, um, it could be that they have an idea and then, you know, oftentimes, you know, most of these uh, unicorns today actually started their idea from the school, from, you know, from, you know, the campuses. So we do not want to be far from them. We want to have them close to our home. And we have the hub where they can easily just come in. Um, they have access to internet. And then we are being sponsored by, uh, we have partnership with, with the government, right? So we, we allow, the environment is enabling for these individuals to come in, you know, work on the ideas. They can pitch just like I mentioned earlier. Now, so what what do you? I'm sorry to interrupt you. What do you mean cooperation with government? What does it give you? What's the incentive of cooperating with government? Okay, so cooperating with government is more like a partnership. So you have this harm of um, the uh, harm of government, um, say bank of industry, right? And it's all about being the backbone to ensure that. Anything that has to do with innovation, with um, raising talents or nurturing talents or ensuring that um, incubate um, early stage um, startup are able to, you know, to scale, to launch their business, to launch their idea. So what they stand for, and then they stand for different um, industries as well. But our, our, our partnership with them is more of funding. So they are our backbone and ensure that we are able to, you know, to create these hubs, and we are able to turn out, you know, individuals uh, who are really making waves. Okay, who have able to launch the ideas. We are able to to train them. If it is a training program that we've organized, it could be as easy as data science, right? They could learn about data engineering. They can learn about programming. It could be Python. It could be that. Okay, it's about uh, product design or product development. So we have all of these numbers of talent that we have trained and then they are ready to be shipped for employment. So this is just me scratching the surface. So these are some of the programs that we, we run. And aside from that, we also have um, um, uh, investors, angel investors, where we have their association with, within our purview and we have businesses, startups, Anyone we are able to identify. So if we, we can we can coach a, a, a business if we see how they are performing, and then we can offer them that okay, if you can pitch to our investors, we can help you to scale your business with X amount of funding, maybe one million dollars we can inject it to your business, maybe two million dollars we can inject it to your business. So these are the kind of initiatives where 
we with different programs that we that we have. Then we run webinars. We we have a hub. We have a call or working space where you can just um, you know if you're looking for an office, you can just you know come into our space, use our space, use our internet facility, and then you are able to think and work in a serene environment. So this and more. And you can work alongside of Rahma. That's definitely the biggest incentive. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, Patrick says, thank you, Rahmat. Uh, he's asking, is the startup ecosystem hugely focused on Lagos or does it stretch throughout the regions? Thank you, Patrick, for, for calling my attention to this. I like this question. It's not only in Lagos. In fact, the government is now intentional about other parts of Nigeria. For instance, there is a there is an opportunity more like a, for those that are in Edo states to who have a technology based businesses. In fact, there are some in Kaduna, you know, different states in Nigeria. So because Lagos looks saturated, I'm in Lagos, but I can I can confidently say that there are other Oyo states. Um, Osho, just like we also, we are not just only in Lagos, we are in Osho, we're in the Northeast, we're in the Northwest as well. So all of there are other opportunities, there are um, accelerator programs, there are tech-offs, there are tech companies in every part of Nigeria. So the, the, the opportunity is, is, is just endless. As we are heading towards the end of the show, we need to speed up the conversation. Olga is uh, saying that's so good to hear about the Nigerian diaspora coming home and helping out in the country. That's uh, our previous conversation. And Patrick again is saying, what is the breakdown of startup focus? Are they predominantly domestic Nigerian focused or regional or further afield to Africa and other continents? Okay, great. Um, so it's 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 more like a, it's everything, just like you have rightly described it here. They are some are domestic Nigerian focused. In fact, most are actually African focused. And then because take take a look at fintech for instance. What works here in terms of um, onboarding user, um, in terms of compliance and regulatory requirements to own an account, might not necessarily work in Kenya, okay? Or might not necessarily work. So even though we have this startup operating in Nigeria, they are um, location dependent in terms of the compliance and then regulatory and stuff like that. So they, it, is, it is global. So, for instance, Paystack is in Nigeria, it's in Ghana, it's in other African countries, right? So, it is not only domicile here. And then you realize that there are some uh, some some businesses that are incorporated in Nigeria, but it's not founded by Nigerian. So, Opay is an example, um, which is more like it's owned by the, the Chinese, and then they have it heavily here in Nigeria. So, it's... it's um, you, you, Nigeria is actually attractive to 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 launch your idea. Yeah. So uh, it's coming back to the questions we always like to ask our guests, and this is the question: What are the top five soft skills all career-driven females, in your opinion, should have? Give us a bit of flair from Nigeria. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean. These skills are, are just like um, 
permit me to use a local slang, which is like a bread and butter. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, on my list, I would say um, effective communication is one. Okay. You have to be able to communicate clear and concise. Um, adaptability also is another. Um, the ability to, to adapt to, you know, changing circumstances, to be able to navigate what is not clear today can be clear tomorrow. Uh, that's for me second. Then it's, it's key to have the collaborative spirit, you know, to be able to, to, to have that collaborative spirit where you can, you, you can work with another female. Teamwork, okay, um, it's, it makes the world easy. And then it makes it easy to turn out ideas. Mm-hmm. Then four for me would be emotional intelligence, right? Um, yep. Emotional intelligence, you, I mean, you can't take it away from any soft skills um, settings. It's, it's good to, to have an understanding, to manage emotions, you know, both your own and others. So it's, it makes you to be an effective leader. And the last one for me, wow. And for you to succeed, you must have this resilience. You must develop that resilience, okay, to, to overcome challenges, you know, setbacks. You know, you are a female in a male-dominated setting. Come on, there would be, there would be. But you must have this, uh, you know, resilience to say, yes, I, I, am, I am in for it. And you must be able to learn from failures and, you know, bounce back and face the challenges and say, yes, let's, let's do it. So these are, these have to be five top skills that, you know, as a female entrepreneur, you must have. You need to work on that. You need to hug the future, have resilience, or as May Jemison says, don't let anyone rob you of your imagination, your creativity, yeah. or your curiosity. It's your place yeah. in the world. It's your life. Go on and do all you can with it and make it the life you want to live. Before we go into the life lesson quote, we always like uh, to ask about life lesson quote. I want to ask you, what is the number one book you wish you read before you started your career? Hmm. And that book is um, Nice Girls Don't Have the Corner Office. Aha. I really wish <laughs> nice girls don't have the corner office. I, I wish I had read that book, you know, uh, a long time, right? And when I read it, it, it gave me a clear uh, perspective about, you know, how to hone your career, like stand tall with career. Career is different from the girlish behavior. So <laughs> you will be able to focus on you know, on the job and not take everything so emotional. You know, naturally, we women, we are emotionally attached to things, but to be objective and take feedback as it is and, you know, just respect the job, not attaching emotion to it. So it's not, mar- it's not like being a girl, but being a woman, right? And then working and then being able to, to work with different people, regardless of their background, regardless of their color, regardless of their beliefs, and you've been able to get things done. So I wish I read that book earlier. It it really gave me an eye-opening on how to really be career-focused. Because after all, as Susan Wojcicki says, the tech industry will be even more innovative and successful when we have more women 
building it. There you go. Now, another quotation. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, we don't know the true strength of women until we put them in hot water. So in life, Rahmat, how are you in hot water? How are you brewing? <laughs> wow, that's a very, very hilarious uh, question. At the same time, it's, 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 um, yeah, let me just respond to it. So for me, hmm, what I do when I'm in, when I am in this situation is, I understand that it's okay to feel the pain, right? When you, when I'm in hot water, like, oh no, this is not conducive. This is, this is not bearable, right? And it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel down. But hey, girl, if you're out of the hot water, you clean yourself up, you know, do not what needs to be done and then get back to action. So as a spirit of resilience, it's a spirit of, you know, this is the focus. This is where I'm heading to. So, and then vision board also helps to keep you focused, to remind you of who you have. So, I mean, that's, that's what I would do in my case. I'm out of the hot water, I feel the pain, I cry, I'm sad, I feel, and then, you know, ginger and get back. Ginger is one of the slang we also use in Nigeria. So you ginger yourself and you know you're back up. <laughs> oh, ginger yourself, bread and butter. I'm just learning so much from you today. And um, I love that because it definitely goes with the resilience attitude. You add a bit of ginger to your tea or a bit of ice, cool down and just deal with it. Now, uh, it's time to ask our favorite question. What is your life lesson quote and how did it impact you? Mm. One of my life lesson quotes is, um, I think I picked, it's, it's not a quote per se, but I, I picked it from, um, from the books I've read, right? Um, it's, it's more about resilience. Um, I can't really think of it at the moment, but it's more I about resilience. I've got it. I've got it. I made a note. Uh, we've got it in our notes. Uh, thank you, Racy. Maya okay. Angelo, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but yeah. people will never forget yeah. how you what, made how them, make them feel. feel. Yeah. <laughs> they can forget about what you do, you know, what you say, but they will never forget how you make them feel. And, and that has been my mantra. Um, I'm a natural leader, so it's, it's, I make people feel good. If you're working with me, you will want to learn. You will want to grow. You will, you will be on your toes. So it's the feeling that I live with them that's, you know, and then it goes a long way. So oftentimes I just receive a call and say, thank you, Ramat. Oh, thank you. You made me do this. You made me achieve this. And I'm always... I'm always proud to hear that. Yeah, that's my favorite. Thank you for reminding me. I love that, uh, Ramat, because I kept telling you Rahmat, and now uh, you're a people's person, definitely didn't correct me. You just carried on because what matters is really uh, the human connection. And we are having fun here. We are talking about the startup ecosystem, female entrepreneurs, and we are talking about what is important, human intelligence, not so much uh, AI or machine learning. It's the human intelligence that brings us together to be able to talk 
and jump sometimes from topic to topic, but have real good conversation. Now, let's imagine that you could meet anyone in the world for a private breakfast. Who would it be and where would you choose to meet? Excellent. So this would be, you know, recently I just transitioned to, to the edutech space, which is um, why I'm now with Apollo Global. It's all about innovation, you know, working with people. So I would like to to invite, and it's still in Nigeria here anyway, so I would like to invite someone I have seen that I've admired, a female who has been doing that, and that is um, Wura. She is the uh, executive director of Tech for Dev. I love what they've been able to do over time. So it will be, okay, let's have lunch at a very cool place, and then I would be able to hear from her and, um, you know, learn from my experience you know chat about life and how she's smashing all of this winning and able to you know get these girls and turn out these numbers you know being able to reach you know a lot of location in nigeria not just limited to lagos so i'll be able to you know tap from my experience and see how she's done doing it <laughs> so Vura Ola Depo, right? Is that is yeah. that the name? Sorry, I'm not I hope I'm not pronouncing it badly. Um but why would you choose her? She's direct executive director of Tech for Dev, you have written to me. But I'm wondering why do you believe she's such a great role model? Okay. Um it's because she's able to do to do what I'm about to venture into in my locality, in my community in Nigeria. So it would be easy to learn from my experience. You know, I'm sure she must have made mistakes, she must have done it wrong, and then she must so it would be easy to learn from her and 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 then it would it would be like a, you know I have a first hand mentorship, you know, in my locality, not even outside Nigeria, but within here, operating it here because it's not easy sometimes, but when you see someone who has done what you plan to do, it's just best to learn from them. Absolutely, you can uh, definitely ask her um, on our behalf if you want. We can even ask <laughs> her and sh give a shout out to to her to make sure that she has that conversation with you, uh, because there are so many women that want to support other women and men as well and that's yeah. what uh, the importance of collaboration is all about checking asking um making that first step the words that you can hear is hearing no and that's it from episode 126 of PhD Livestream. Thank you so much, Ramat Lassisi. Uh, to stay updated and ensure you never miss a positivity hack delivered, follow Women on IT and turn on notifications to be alerted once a video has been released. Next week, the same time, Wednesday, um, 12 p.m. EST, uh, 6 p.m., uh, CET, that would be 6 p.m. your time as well in Nigeria. We are going to tune in with Peter, Pete Bombachi, tune in to talk about very important cause he's working on. Thank you so much, Rama. Thank you to our lovely audience who participated and asked 
asked question. Olga Vasina, Patrick Young, it's lovely to see you all. And there is a my quotation from Maya Angelou. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. And as always, our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes, look for something positive in each day, even if some days you have to look a little harder. Today is your day to hug the future, hug the positivity you want. Thank you so much for all your positive tips and hints, uh, Rama, and I'm looking forward to see emerging female entrepreneurs from Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.